Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 45, December 17, 2016. Your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. <sighs> Don't even know what today's show is going to be about, guys. We're going to be talking some good sense. That's definitely something we're going to be talking about. Today is... I just had to hit record again. Working hard. Mid Toker is becoming something else. Uh, part of the machine, good sense. Opened our doors last Sunday. Just opened them. Got the license. Everything was good. Everything... Uh, didn't worry about advertising. We weren't ready to have a full line out the door. And you know what? As I'm thinking about it, we would have a full line out the door if we were slow. If we did not prepackage our product, there would be a line out the door. Small facility. And I think that's what people are liking about Goodson's. There has never been... A time when I've seen that there's been really a line, but the cash register is always moving. There's always a customer at that front, that front position, and we only have one bud tender. So only having, well, let's take bud tender away because I want to talk about that later, tipping bud tenders. And even what is a bud tender? We'll have to go into some definitions here later, but we have two people behind the counter. We have one person checking IDs. You walk in, present your ID, 21 years or older, door opens, you walk through, you walk up to the display case, and there is someone there to meet you, greet you, and tell you what we have. At this point, we have purple. Purple strain, we haven't been able to push down Foxy Enterprises as to what exactly the strain is. It might just be called the purple from some strain combination. We haven't been able to find it, but wow, I have been enjoying it. And from what I understand, it's gone. Once purple um, runs out, um, it's gone. There is another dispensary I hear that is going to be uh, having some. Look forward to hearing who that's going to be. In just hearing about all the cultivators, I, I almost want to predict we may be in a drought soon. I've been talking to a lot of cultivators in the state recently looking to put product into GoodSense. Not a lot out there, guys. When you say black market, I don't like that word. There's people out there growing right now, and that's that's where people are going to be getting cannabis, I'm feeling. We... A lot of cultivators just came online recently. Three months away... February is going to be a good time for the consumer in the Alaska cannabis market. My prediction. Going to be a lot. Cultivators online having their product ready. GoodSense will have their product ready. Many strains coming out. Will not be limited to just purple and solstice dreams. Very good strains. Again, I'm liking them. But... 16 strains coming out of good sense in a couple months that's a different story grapefruit cookies kush power plant strawberry cough dead show Mm. a lot of good stuff coming 
what to even think about what's going to be available then what's not available now ah concentrates concentrates are not available right now a lot of people asking for them we only have two that i know of two uh concentrate manufacturers that are on that have been approved at the state level we still have good titrations they go up in front of the Fairbanks North Star Borough on January 15th. Um, I'm guessing they'll pass. They should. And then product maybe be in February. <laughs> like I said, for concentrates and cannabis, February is going to be a great time. Edibles. We have one edibles producer in Fairbanks right now frozen butts they can't keep product on the shelf as soon as they get it in it sells out they sold some i believe down to herbal outfitters in valdez and maybe good sense will have some edibles soon working on something maybe we can work together with frozen buds and get some things going that way i know i would like to bring some edibles to our to our showcase just relying on the magical butter machine. It's working. Again, many new manufacturers coming online. February is going to be a good time to be a consumer in Alaska cannabis. Before you slip into unconsciousness, I'd like to have another kiss. Let's look at that that idea of butt tender. Something happened this week. A, a little bit of a arguments back and forth whether you should tip the butt tender. I first of all, I'll give you my perception. Then we'll maybe we'll go in and read a couple articles here. Tipping the butt tender. I guess you have to go. Uh, what are you tipping them for? What are you giving them extra money? out of your pocket for doing what are they going above and beyond i've spent 15 years of my life working in the service industry busing tables waiting tables bartending um, food runner and even as a bus boy and food runner you could earn tips you had to do extra people saw that and and they rewarded you well what can you do extra in a dispensary at this point when we have one strain people are coming up and they're asking for pre-rolls eighth quarters halves you pick it up you put it in a bag you ring it up is that a tip and how many tips can you get a day what how much extra is that supplementing i don't know um i don't know what's going to be in a tip jar i have, I have no idea what would be in a tip jar 
from the end of the day of butt tenders, but you're, you're splitting it with people there. Is it that much extra per hour that your tips are making up that the employer should be covering a good, a good wage for quality butt tenders? People aren't going to come back where you, where your, um, sales clerks are not knowledgeable, not friendly, not presentable, courteous. That's what you have to be. If there's no business, there's no money to give you in the first place. As a consumer, walking in, and when you see the tip jar, a lot of times they're pretty sloppy. You know, it, it's a it's a can or 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 a jar with something handwritten on there, looking looking kind of weird. Um, I I think I tip just because that's where I come from. Um, I don't, I don't think I like the feeling though. When I was in Colorado, I walked into a dispensary and that was a butt tender. I waited out in the waiting room. Someone came out and met me. They took me back into the dispensary. They shared with me all their product. They gave me advice, um, PSAs during the whole thing. They made me feel comfortable. I wasn't rushed. I had the whole store. It was just them and me. That was a bud tender. Um, and I didn't tip them. Interesting. There was no tip jar. But wow. Um, if anyone deserved a tip, he did. That is my experience in going and buying cannabis in dispensaries. And that was great. I haven't seen that model up here. It doesn't need to be. It's just retail. Get them in, get them out, I guess. This is from Leafly, Cannabis 101, Bud Tender tipping, tipping Etiquette 101, How Much Should You Give and Is It Even Legal? Tipping is a large part of American culture with added gratuity and courage for activities ranging from dining out to ordering coffee to getting your hair cut. But what about your favorite dispensaries, Bud Tender? Should you float a tip or a donation, as it's often carefully worded, to the Bud Tender as a thank you for providing exceptional service? One legal market sought to clarify the state's stance on retail cannabis tipping. In Washington, the State Liquor and Cannabis Board made the following announcement. Tipping has not been an allowable practice in a retail marijuana license location. This position was adopted based on an interpretation and indications that prices of products were being manipulated based on the size of a tip to avoid paying excise tax. Effective immediately, customer tipping is now an allowable practice in licensed retail marijuana stores. However, tipping cannot be required or in a condition of sale, nor can it be linked to the price of the product to avoid tax obligations. Unfortunately, the new guidelines raised more questions than before, as many patients and consumers were unaware that tipping was previously illegal and had only recently been deemed acceptable. Now we're left pondering the following. Should you tip your bartenders? Is it necessary? How much is an appropriate tip? To clear up any misconceptions about this unofficial practice, 
we reached out to butt tenders from California, Washington, Colorado, Oregon, and Illinois, one of the newest medical marijuana markets, to clarify the protocol for tipping, whether it's encouraged, expected, or completely unnecessary. The verdict? Tipping should be considered a bonus. The biggest takeaway from every butt tender we spoke to was that tips are a bonus and are almost never expected. If I'm taking the time to explain about terpenes and the profile and the farming techniques used and and really getting into, it's definitely nice to feel appreciated for that knowledge and the extra time it takes to help someone out. Said Zoe Wilder, a longtime Oregon bud tender. When asked what is considered an appropriate tip, her response was measured. I think it depends on how much time you spent with your bud tender and the quality of information you received and how much you're spending. The question of etiquette was similar from market to market. Many bud tenders compared the cannabis industry to the restaurant or alcohol industry although the opinions on how the two industries were related varied. If you want to compare the industry to alcohol and regulate the same way, people tip their bartender based on suggestions on drinks, mused Dylan Robertson, a bud tender at Medicine Man in Denver. It's really more of a consultation service for someone, giving them recommendations based on what they're trying to create or what they're using cannabis for, but it's certainly nothing they should be expected. I disagree with that, actually. Being a bartender myself, um, you're not getting tipped a lot of times you're tipping them to get you the drink if it's a fast moving place. The faster you tip, the faster you get your drink. And getting it right. And giving extra drinks a lot of times too, isn't it? So are butt tenders going to be giving extra butt? Walter agreed commenting. It's just like any other scenario. You go to a wine bar and someone takes the time to express their opinions about all the selections on the menu and really gives you a nice background on the history of the tour, all the techniques that go into it then I want to tip that person because they've gone out of their way to make it a really enjoyable experience. The flip side of the coin came from the newest market, Illinois, where Brian Bessie of Nature's Care also used his background in the in- restaurant industry to compare tipping policy. Gotta see what this is going to be because I've been in the restaurant industry too. As a guy who's been working in the bar, nightclub, and restaurant industry and all sides of it, from being a barback, bartender, to manager, to owner, I think it's wonderful. The difference is that tipped employees make a much lower rate than a non-tipped employee, so that may present some issues down the road. Although it makes a good point, the minimum wage varies from state to state. Washington, for example, has a minimum wage of $9.47 an hour, no matter what kind of tips the employee is making. The city of Seattle, however, has recently raised its minimum wage to $15 an hour. On the other hand, for a tipped employee in Illinois, the wage can be as low as $4.65, while an Illinois bud tender makes an average of $24,000 a year or about $11.24 an hour. When we asked Bessie about his opinion on tipping bun tenders, he sounded flabbergasted that we would even ask. Hadn't even thought about it until this conversation, he admitted. You put me on the spot here. Nick Singer from Paper and Leaf in Washington also used his service background as fodder for tipping etiquette. I come from the restaurant industry where I was a bartender. If someone makes you a drink and waits on you hand and foot, I still don't think it's necessary. A dollar's nice here, Sometimes somebody puts a five in there if they spend a lot of money. It's nice, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't tell somebody not to tip me, he chuckled. Many stores, rather than having a jar devoted solely to tips, put out a karma jar. As Washington retailer Paper and Leaf employs, although the jar serves multiple functions, we have a karma jar policy here. Sort of like a take a penny, leave a penny with our customers, said Evan Price with Paper and Leaf. Co-bud tender singer expounded on the varied uses of the jar. It's like our tip jar, but it also goes the other way. If you need to use it, you can use it as a customer and get what you need if you're a few dollars short. So you'll be able to come back the next time. We're trying to make people feel loyal to us and feel welcome as well. <coughs> Alright, what's the appropriate tip amount? 
When asked what an appropriate tip is for a butt tender, the general consensus was the tip is never expected, but tips should generally be based on the quality of the service the customer received, and perhaps the amount of money spent on the purchase overall. One California butt tender noted that many of their patients were often in the restaurant industry as well themselves, holding down jobs that rely on tips. Therefore, those patrons are far more likely to tip regularly, although we quickly followed up with, most of us don't really work for the tips, there's nothing expected. Wilder also mentioned something that many patients and patrons may be aware of, unaware of. A lot of people probably don't think of it this way, but there's a lot of continuing education that goes into being a bud tender. This is something that continues every day. New articles, some kind of new insight into this plan that we're just now starting to discover all these wonderful things about because for so long we weren't allowed to. It's a continuing education situation, just like a doctor or a therapist. When you think about it like that, you're more inclined to tip someone because they're not just sitting there giving you something off the shelf. They're really putting the time and dedication and work into learning about the product. Hmm. Makes me think. Immediately get all those magazines to the clerks in the store. When no customers are in there, be reading that. You know, fun stuff too. All right, from this series of interviews emerged a truly encouraging conclusion from every industry worker. Their passion was evident, and the tips were an afterthought. For me personally, I don't work for tips, said Robertson, a medicine man. I enjoy the passionate part of erasing someone's day, easy, erasing, huh, funny, easing someone's day, making their lives a little easier. All right. Now, from that, let's get over to if bud tenders are expecting to be tipped, what should bud tenders be doing? Tell me where your freedom lies The streets are fields that never die Deliver A good blood tender is hard to find. We've run into all kinds this year's and have some tips for those of you with a higher call. Denver Post. Now we know that cannabis is a subsection of the Denver Post. They do a great job there. Podcast, tons of information, advertising. Why is this not happening in Fairbanks Newsminer or ADN? Back to it. Ten bud tender commitments. Licking the pre-rolls and other sins. Put away the tip jar. Speak plainly and other rules to live by if you want to improve the standing of bud tending in 2017. December 7th, 2016. Very recent article, ten days ago. Jake Brown. We can go ahead and call it. 2016 was the year of the awful bud tender. Even Jill Stein couldn't buy a recount on this one. What was the most impressive? Was the veritable cornucopia of ways they could disappoint you at any point in the process. Among the many lowlights was a bud tender responding to a question I had by picking up the display sign and reading it to me like I was an impatient grammar school child sitting through the pet goat. The pet goat was the book that George W. Bush was reading on September 11th to that classroom of kids. We've got to turn this around, people. And to that end, I've created the 10 Bud Tender Commandments. Number one, thou shalt not be too high. The industry is full of patients turned bud tenders doing some of the best work because they're doling out advice based on personal experience. With all due respect to Biggie, you should be getting high on your own supply and due to medical necessity some have to do that on your own clock 
If you're having a particularly tough day where only a 500 milligram edible will beat back your symptoms, treat it like any other job and call in sick. Working at a place where you look like a poorly fashioned animatronic version of yourself doesn't help anyone. Two, thou shalt not ask for tips. If it were up to me, tip jars would be banned from dispensaries. No matter how cheeky your sign is, you don't earn a service industry wage, typically under $5. And the idea that passing me a pre-weighed jar constitutes some Herculean effort on your part makes me wonder who's on the wrong side of the karma jar. Asking me if I need five wands instead of a $5 bill implies a tip should be coming. A transaction as gross as it is maddening. Do I still tip? Against every fiber of my being, yes, I do. Do I prefer a shop that pays their employees a fair wage and foregoes the spanging at the end of my purchase? Damn right I do. Number three, thou shalt not touch the buds. I'm not sure what's worse, someone who bare hands a nug or someone who bare hands a nug after dousing their mitts in sanitizer. We don't need a sterile glove for each transaction or that pretentious pair of chopsticks that you oh so deftly wield, but please stop picking up flour. A pair of tongs is simple, sanitary, and idiot-proof. It hurts that this is a conversation we're still having. Four. Thou shalt not lick the pre-rolls. No one needs to get caught cough from whatever it is you have going on in your saliva. Like literally any other industry, none of the products designed for my mouth should have been in your mouth. Buy a six-pack of envelope moisteners and think about what you've done. Number five. Know thy product. It's perfectly acceptable to not have all the answers, and I'll always prefer someone taking a moment to find something out rather than faking it. That being said, you should know the following about each strain on the shelf before starting your shift. Sativa, hybrid, indica, lineage, effects, and price. Having 50 jars in the case isn't an excuse. If the servers at the Cheesecake Factory can pull it off, so can you. What kills me when people have to consult the binder after every question I ask? The information was there the whole time. You just didn't bother to learn it. Number six, thou shalt not rush me. I thought bud tending would be a lot more fun, too. After you've shown someone their twelfth jar, you start to question whether or not you're capable of murder. Well, this is what you signed up for. For every Snapchat you post with a huge nug to make your friends jealous, you also have the guy who's asking, always asking for the hookup. Try to remember that people on the other side of that counter deal with serious medical conditions, and you could be the only positive part of their day. Or just sigh, roll your eyes, and be petulant. I just won't be coming back. Number seven, thou shalt not throw your dispensary under the bus. Blaming your manager, Lindsay, for not having the edibles order finished, or Jason in the Grove for sending wet weed to the store, doesn't make me feel any better about the situation. I have my own petty drama to worry about, primarily in comment sections, and I promise to never ask you to commiserate about it. Great customer service entails empathizing first and offering solutions second. So avoid getting defensive and viewing it as an attack on you. If this turns into a recurring problem, you need to find a new job. Number eight, honor the strength of thy edibles. You are the last line of defense between someone doubting out. Now, doubting out refers to Maureen Dowd. She apparently had a bad experience in Denver with edibles. Let's go back all the way two years ago to the cannabis in December 24th, 2014. Pot legalization activist Mason Vert hopes New York Times columnist Maureen Dowd has a very Merry Christmas. He even sent her a Colorado-designed Christmas card on Friday, 
one that was inspired by Dowd's long, strange trip in Colorado. After Dowd tripped hard due to eating too much pot-infused edibles in Denver, she wrote about it in a much derided column for the Times. The Marijuana Policy Project, for its employer, responded with an ad campaign complete with billboards that used Dowd's red-haired likeness and urged people to consume responsibly. With edibles, start low and go slow. Dowd read about the billboards and joked with the Daily Beast, I love the billboard. I'm going to make it my Christmas card. If Dowd didn't make it her Christmas card, the Marijuana Policy Project made it theirs and sent one to Dowd. And the Christmas card, really nice card, bottom, Merry Christmas from the Marijuana Policy Project. Don't let a candy bar ruin your holiday. With edibles, start low and go slow. Consume responsibly. .org. Nice. And that's a grave responsibility. I understand that Subway doesn't ask someone who purchases a six-foot party sub if they have some friends who are going to help them with that. With so many tourists, it's incumbent upon you to make sure they enjoy Denver and now Alaska. And don't leave perpetuating the reefer madness. And sorry, adding an informational pamphlet to their exit package doesn't help a bit if they find it halfway through an edible that could get an elephant stoned. Number nine, thou shalt not spout jargon. It's super cool that you know the difference between Alpha, Bezabolo, and Borneo. Can you communicate that to a brand new consumer in a meaningful way? Why is that even part of an entry-level conversation? The hallmark of a bad bun tender is hiding behind the technical side of the plant, including a memorable time a guy kept rambling about trichomes, and then told me I was wrong when I tried to help him pronounce it correctly. He's saying trichromes. I wouldn't trust most of your armchair scientists with a rubber test tube. Number 10. Thou shalt not break up a bud. There are little things you can do to improve a customer experience. For example, in my lifetime, I've never purchased curly fries without getting at least one massive curly fry. If you don't know how Arby's does it, and frankly, I don't want to know. If the bag is 0.1 grams over, you don't need to break off a chunk with something on the scale so you get, make it even. You've given them their curly fry. Nice. Thanks, Jake Brown. He's a Denver-based comedian, writer, and co-host on both comedy game show Uncalled For and The Whiskers. The is being filled A thousand girls, a thousand thrills A million ways to spend your time When we get back, I'll jump up I, I do look forward to I need to go over and check out the other places. Just haven't had funds to do that. Check out Frozen Buds and Pacololo. Um, Pacololo's got some high THC strains. It's good. Frozen Buds can't keep Bud on the shelf to keep open. Just going to see what's going to happen, I suppose. Good Sense has been open for a week. Doing well. Steadily climbing. Every day gets busier. Will we have product to stay open? It's going to be the question. Couple months coming down, product will not be a question. Right now, going into Christmas, as more dispensaries get known around here, I don't even know when the next dispensary is opening up in town. I haven't seen one on the horizon. It's good times. Good times. Um, I'm just sitting here, you know, 
going to welcome you into my world of what I'm token on right now. I've got some Heisenberg Kush that I have had from the summertime finishing up. <coughs> and then I'm going to put some a little tap of concentrate on top of that. I seem to like it. I need to get a better pen, I think. The pen I have is pretty good, but I need to clean it out maybe more. I've just been putting little dollops on the on the top of my flower. Little one hit things has been doing pretty good, but you know, let's um Yeah. Ah <sighs> Time to take a breather. Been busy the last two weeks. I was saying usually I put up been putting out a show a week and I went to sit down and do one last Sunday and I was exhausted from working all day from our just opening up packaging. Go to set down this weekend. And I keep thinking, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? Let's just talk, right? Let's just talk. Who knows what's going to come out of this? Um, but relaxing afternoon. Okay. Thank you for joining us on Far North Token. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud, Search Mid Token, and FarNorthTokers.com. See you!